Welcome to the Nobody Told Me That podcast. My name is Teresa Duncan, and my goal is to share information that you probably weren't thinking about. I love preparing my friends for situations that may come completely out of the blue. I also want to share with you many of the tidbits I picked up over the years. If you absolutely have to tune out before the end of the show, make sure you check out the show notes for more details and information on today's topic. And thank you so much for making me a part of your day. Hi, everyone. We're back with another episode of Nobody Told Me That. And I have one of my best and dearest friends with me, Rita Zamora. Hello, Rita. Hello. (laughs) Rita is the owner and founder of Connect90, which is a social media posting platform and a service. And it's just wonderful. We'll talk more about that. And you can find more information about her at ritazamora.com. She writes, she does webinars, and she has a book, which I know I've recommended before, It's called Get Found, Get Liked, Get Patience, Making the Most of Social Media. You can find that on Amazon and I'll put a link to in the show notes. So now that everybody knows who you are, is there anything else that you want to say about Connect90 before we dive into all of these social media pearls of wisdom that you're going to give us today? Oh, just that, you know, I hope anyone who's out there listening that is in a dental practice that's looking for content ideas, looking for a real system that's easy to put into place. It's going to help keep them organized and want some support that I hope they'll check us out. We have a couple items that we want to talk about today. You mentioned that we want to talk about bubbles. And when you say bubbles, I'm like, oh, bubbles are great. That means like Calgon, take me away, like (laughs) a bath and, and, you know, lots of nice sudsy bubbles. But you're talking about a totally different kind of bubble. I had to get you to clarify because I wasn't sure what you were talking about. So can you let us know what you're talking about? And then what is it about these bubbles we got to watch out for? Yeah, we're just seeing a lot of, I like to call them social media bubbles, where we see that people have kind of found their own favorite personal platform, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or TikTok, or even YouTube, where they want to spend all their time. And That's fine from a personal standpoint, but when we talk to dentists or people who are looking to use social media for business purposes, it's really important that you look outside of your bubble to make sure that you're providing content and staying in touch with your ideal audience, wherever they're spending their time. Do you have a lot of issues like convincing your clients or potential clients? Because I know you do consultations too that they need to, like, do they even realize they're in this bubble? I guess their prejudices, not really prejudices, but I guess their conceptions. Biases, maybe. Yeah, biases are, (laughs) they're kind of hardwired. I mean, how much talking do you have to do to kind of get them out of that? Well, I think at the end of the day, we always say, you know, this is something that is for the benefit of your business. So if you want to grow your business and you want to make the most of the time that you're spending on your social media marketing, you want to look at what's going on in other social media platforms if your ideal audience is spending time in different places. If you love Instagram, for example, and say, you know, well, Facebook's dead, so I'm not going to spend my time there. It may be just because you're living on Instagram and you don't see what's happening on Facebook or vice versa. We have a lot of people that say, you know, We love Facebook. We think all of our patients are probably here. 
we're not really sure that we need to focus on Instagram or they may not realize how popular Instagram is continuing to be and how it's growing. Or if someone who loves TikTok is like, you know, this is where it's at. It's just a matter of stepping outside of your bubble and looking at, is that just me? Have I surrounded myself in this favorite place that I love to be? Which is great, again, for your personal use. But if you're looking at it for a business, then you need to start thinking about, you know, where is my demographic, my ideal patient, my ideal audience? Where are they spending their time? Or for a really relatively easy tweak to my social media marketing and strategy, could I be also reaching and maintaining relationships with an audience on a different platform? And that's what we do with Connect90. If they're not on Instagram or they think Instagram hasn't worked, is it mostly because they're not, they're not really looking at hashtags? Throwing something out on Instagram without a hashtag is almost like throwing a bottle of water into the ocean. Isn't that kind of the same thing? Like you need a guide for people to find you. Yeah. I mean, if you want to be discovered and you want to keep growing your visibility on Instagram, you definitely want to use your hashtags. You know, we have guidance that we provide for our clients for hashtags because it can be really confusing for people who don't really know exactly how they work. And again, this is different from using it personally. So sometimes any one of us may personally put something up on Instagram just for personal purposes. And we may not use hashtags just because it's just something that you're putting out there. But from a business standpoint, we want to step outside of that social media bubble that we're in and look at what can we be doing differently or what's going on out there that I'm not seeing because I'm in this little bubble. Are there types of offices that do better on Instagram versus Facebook? The only reason I I wonder about that, and, and maybe we can talk about TikTok too, is that I see a lot of dentists like actually putting up huge case presentations, like using the slideshow and reels. They're actually doing like mini case presentations, like aesthetics, I guess, would make a better impression on Instagram than Facebook. There's a definite design element to Instagram, a definite aesthetic, you know, and there are also different tools that are available that you don't necessarily have on Facebook. It all comes down to like, what are the purposes of your use of social media? And I think some dentists get some flack for this. I saw recently someone was posting, you know, why is this dentist posting this bloody implant before and after picture and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, maybe they're not posting it necessarily to attract new patients. They might be posting it because of their love of the actual clinical side of things. And so, you know, that's the first place to start, you know, why you're using it. I'm approaching this from that social media bubble standpoint conversation of when people come to us and they're like, we want to grow our visibility. We want to expand what it is that we're doing. And I think that's even more important as we're moving into this new phase of marketing that's going to be post the iOS 14 changes. That's a whole nother conversation. But I think, (laughs) you know, we have to look at for making some really small tweaks and looking at where our ideal audience is. Where do we want to spend our time? We've had at least one dentist that's come to us and said, you know, we tried the Instagram thing and it's not, you know, all that for us. We really know that our people are on Facebook and that's what we want to keep focusing on. And I'm like, okay, well, we still want to include Instagram because Mm -hmm. it's easy to do that with the scheduling tools and the platforms that we have available to us today. I have a question. When that doctor says to you, well, our people are on Facebook, does he mean or she mean that the people that they're already seeing are on Facebook? 
what about the people they're trying to attract? Is that what that dentist meant? Or are they only thinking about the people they've already attracted? Looking at people they want to attract as okay. well. And they pay very close attention to their demographic and their patients and where their patients are spending their time. And they said, you know, we're not really looking to attract this particular type of millennial patient that might be more active on Instagram. You know, and we see the opposite too, where dentists might really want to attract a specific patient that they know spends all of their time on Instagram. That's probably where they're going to want to focus their time. It's going to be different for everybody. But I think it's just important as we've got these different social media platforms, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or even YouTube, where is our focus and where are our patients spending their time? Are we in the right place by limiting ourselves to that particular platform? Or should we, for you know, what doesn't have to be a whole lot of additional time and effort, be looking at expanding our visibility? So I know Instagram, if you don't even have an account, you can't see it, right? Like you have to have an account to log in to see things. I'm logged in all the time, so I don't know. Mm -hmm. But somebody on a, a forum was saying, I can't ever see these posts because I don't have Instagram. Then I thought, oh, geez, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it's pretty limited. I think if you Google it, you can kind of see like a few little preview shots, but then it's no going to pop up and say, you need to log in. <laughs> so. Yeah, no patients are going to go Google your Instagram. So yeah, it has to be... <laughs> It has to be really accessible. That really is interesting. The whole piece about where are my patients for pediatrics, for pediatric ortho practice, you know, a lot of the moms are all over social media. I guess you'd have to find out where they are. For a general dental office, you've got a whole range of ages you have to try to reach. Have any of your clients ever done like a survey or a tell us where you are type question on their forms? Do they do anything like that to survey their patients? I don't know that they that they do. It's something I recommended for many years that on their intake forums, ask their patients. Our friend Dana Johnson, who owns Navoni, I've talked mm. with her about setting up this on their client intake forms as well, where it says, have you seen us on? And then there's the little radio buttons that say, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Google My Business, YouTube, whatever, the clients can check off so they can keep track of that. But I don't think a lot of practices really do. Okay. And that's where our social media bubbles can hurt us because I work with a lot of teams where, you know, the dentist will want to get more active on several different social media platforms because, like I said, it's easy today. You can have a presence on LinkedIn company pages and Facebook page and Instagram and Pinterest, even if you wanted to. TikTok if they're into that. And <laughs> so they'll say, well, here, talk to our team member. You know, they're going to be the one responsible for social media. And I'll talk to that team member. And they're like, well, I don't really have a, a Facebook profile. And it's not something that I'm really active on. I'm never there. They'll kind of want to focus on Instagram. I'm telling you an example of a practice that I worked with where it's a younger team member. And this has happened on more than one occasion. And I'll tell them, okay, well, the doctor definitely wants to be active on Facebook. So we're going to look at Facebook from a business standpoint. And then they're like, okay. And it's funny because then we get down the line in the conversation and I'll find out they do have a Facebook profile and that that team member is active on Facebook, but they just didn't want to tell me. So we're kind of getting into our other segment of the conversation where I wanted to talk about people that are using Facebook that don't want to tell anyone that they're using it. 
the secret lurker Facebook people? Is that yeah. what you, would... you know, it's not cool to say that you're active on Facebook anymore. And uh, oh, well, for some audiences, you mean like for, for some, some audiences, yeah. yeah, for younger people. And then I think it's also important for us to understand though, if we look at the data and the statistics, Facebook is still incredibly popular. I mean, it's still the most used. And I guess I should be careful about saying popular versus most used. Mm-hmm. You know, it's had some black eyes because of all of the politics and the privacy and everything else that's happened. But it still is the most used social media platform above everyone else, you know, and then comes YouTube and then Instagram and then TikTok is below that, Snapchat's below that, and Pinterest and Twitter are below that. But, you know, I was telling you, Teresa, recently that I'm even still surprised because when I think about social media peak usage times, I always think, you know, no one's on social media on a Friday afternoon or Friday evening. We shouldn't post content then because it's dead. But this was something that happened to me recently that really kind of blew my mind and did show the power of Facebook in particular and and how many people are actually active on there today. Before you get into where you think there is more activity or what surprised you, like what conception did you have? I seem to see more activity, of course, during the day, but that's because all my office manager peeps are all in the group asking their questions about what to do and how (laughs) to do. Well, actually, I'm not on it as much as I used to be, so maybe I shouldn't go there. But when I was really active, it seemed like the middle of the day was always where it was more active for me. And then it really just dropped off, I'd say, like after eight o'clock at night. And Mm -hmm. is that about where you, you saw the most usage too? Yeah. And see, that's what's important. And that's why I'm looping back again to our social media bubbles, because a common complaint that I hear from people too, is that like, it's just all the same people that are on social media. And it's like, (laughs) well, it's all the same people that are on your social media bubble (laughs) at that time. So I think that it's important for us because I'm learning from you too. You know, how do you use social media? What platforms do you use? What time are you actually on? You know, are people active then? So yeah, I think I had always thought, you know, for Facebook in particular, once we reach 12 noon on Friday, people are off doing their weekend thing. They're not on Facebook. And some of this could have to do with the pandemic too, that people are still working from home in many cases, and they kind of have Facebook up like on the side or oh, that's true. up on the side. Oh, but, that's interesting. Um, I wonder if the dual monitor economy <laughs> has anything to do with it. Because now everybody I know has a dual monitor if they're working from home. Unless you're my husband who has like five monitors going, yeah, which is just same. unbelievable. I'm sure Michael's the same way. Yes. But yeah, having two monitors, yeah, you can have your fun stuff up. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So it could be that. But again, looking outside of your social media bubble, and, and I was surprised when this was what got me thinking about like, we're all in our little bubbles or what we think is true for everybody on social media is not because It was a couple of weeks ago, and I won't say exactly which group it was, but I have a great group that I love. It's women only hikers in for a specific region, local to me. Um, It's a big region. It's a pretty good sized group, but it was a Friday afternoon and somebody posted in the group that they were in a dangerous situation on a pretty popular trail. And they said, you know, there's three men that are here and I'm afraid. And I, I, you know, I don't know what to do. And if anybody knows anyone that's near this trail, please tell them to come and look for me. Here's exactly where I'm at with my dog. Oh, wow. And 
as soon as I saw that, my heart kind of dropped and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, why isn't she calling the police? You know, and as it turned out, I, I guess she had already contacted the police and they said, you know, they were going to try and get somebody up there, but she didn't want to make it seem in front of these men that she was like, actively afraid or using Mm -hmm. her phone to call someone or whatever. So she was taking pictures, texting people. It just was amazing to see Teresa within, you know, minutes, there were dozens of people saying, I called the local police department, you know, I'm sending my husband to this trail. Um, It just kind of blew up. And I was in shock. You know, I was getting ready to call 911 for her too. And somebody else had then just posted, and this was within like 10, 12 minutes, like wow. people stop calling the police department because they're, they're already <clears throat> sending someone up there. It was scary wow. and, and shocking and amazing. And the, the big takeaway for me was that how many people are spending time on Facebook at this time that I thought nobody was active on there tell you really quickly that police did end up meeting this woman. They escorted her down. Uh, They found out these three um, men that were up there, they were acting very strange. They were all dressed in black. It just was a bizarre story, but the woman was really shaken up and she ended up to be just fine. You know, she was posting even at 10 o'clock at night saying, thank you guys so much. It was really, really wild. And and amazing how these women came together for her. I mean, some women were posting on there like, I just sent my husband to the trail. He's a runner. He's coming up right now. I mean, just <laughs> um, everyone kind of rallying together. And it was shocking because you think nobody's on Facebook on a Friday afternoon at yeah. this time. And there were hundreds of people that were that's, commenting and engaging. So that's amazing. And wow, good for her with her situational awareness to, you know, know that she has a resource to just get some help. She probably just wanted like one person to show up and like (laughs) just walk her away from these guys. And she has this huge response. What an awesome story. So she's all good now. Yep. She's all good. Every, everything's fine. You know, everything worked out. Okay. And she did the best that she could in that situation where she was panicked and didn't want to make it seem like she was afraid and calling people because you're all alone up Mm. there. It's usually a busy trail, but there was nobody else that was there. So what are you going to do? Wow. That kind of burst a bubble for me in that, like, no one's on Facebook, no one's on social media on a Friday after lunch, you know, they're all off doing their own thing. And (laughs) you're, you pay a lot of attention to statistics. So you probably had statistics that said they weren't. Yeah. And obviously, um, this was a unique post that was getting a lot of engagement right off the bat. And, you know, that fuel for Facebook posts, it's just going to, Facebook's going to show it more and more and more. And Mm -hmm. I mean, that helped, you know, too, with the visibility, but you know, that's another example of, we have our favorite platforms. We use them at specific times. And if we want to try and expand our visibility to help grow our business, help grow our visibility, then it's important to look outside of our bubble if we're trying to reach an audience that either outside of our favored platform or just kind of looking at things differently. The age group that says that they're not on Facebook, we think of people that are in their 20s and even Noah. I mean, Noah's almost, he's 21 this year. Oh my goodness. I know, right? It's crazy. But people his age, it's not cool to say you're on Facebook but they are. I know for him, he had to be on Facebook even back in high school, which was, it was really uncool then. Cause I would get lots of comments like, mom, you post the weirdest things, you know? <laughs> but they're usually on it because their teacher or their coach or something makes a group like his track group. He had to be on because his coaches would only post to that Facebook group. 
I think a lot of kids have Facebook accounts. They just don't tell you about them. Are there people that say they don't have one and then later on are like, wait, no, I do have one. All right, we can use it. What's the the big deal with saying (laughs) you're on Facebook? That's just so weird. Yeah. (laughs) I'm glad we're having this conversation because I have had, you know, when we work with team members, like I said, the doctor will say, well, I want to do more with Facebook, you know, and Instagram and, you know, so-and-so is going to be taking care of this for us. So then we'll talk to the team member and mentor them through, you know, getting everything set up and working with them on our Connect 90 program. And it's happened many times where it'll be a a younger team member, maybe millennial-ish. We have Gen Z that's coming into the workforce now too. And even more so, they're going to be like, I don't know anything about Facebook or I don't ever use it. And then once we kind of start getting into the nuts and bolts of it, and I'll tell them you don't have to use it more personally, but I want you to learn about it from a professional standpoint and how it can help a business. And Mm -hmm. then they're like, okay. And then it's funny because sometimes then we'll end up kind of going through getting their accounts connected and things like that. And one thing leads to another. And then before I know it, we're friends on Facebook and I'm like, okay, you are posting actively. So even though you said you never use it, you really do. You just (laughs) didn't want me to know, or you don't want people to know that you use it. Sometimes (laughs) it's easier to not let people know you're on Facebook. And then you have this like nice anonymity. Yeah. It's funny that you just kind of bust that open when you start talking to them. And it's (laughs) happened quite often, you know, and I, I see that too in different, um, like our neighborhood groups and things like that, where parents will tag their teenager's Facebook profile and say, I'm posting this for da-da-da because they're not on Facebook, but they're open for babysitting and yard work and dog walking and things like that. And it's like, okay, well, you tag them. So clearly they do have a profile, (laughs) even though you're saying that they don't. Right. So I think because of that and because of groups and different things, like you said, you know, Noah's team, I mean, they were organized and communicating Mm -hmm. through Facebook groups. I think that's what's going to continue to allow Facebook to thrive and to live on because we don't have groups like that on Instagram. I've heard that there's a lot of dental activity on TikTok, but it's not necessarily dentists that are posting. I mean, what's your take on TikTok and how Mm -hmm. are your clients handling it? It's funny. I think I mentioned to you recently, there was an article in the Wall Street Journal talking about, you know, TikTok being for average Joes. And (laughs) they were kind of making a joke about it. But the guy who made the video with the cranberry juice and, you know, the whole... Oh, the Fleetwood um, Mac dude going down on the skateboard. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he literally made a decent chunk of change from that. And he has a pretty cool story. They were talking about how like it's easy to become a viral hit on TikTok. But then after that, because of the way the algorithm works, it's like you can kind of go back to square one. It's not like other social media platforms. You know, I think the people that are using TikTok are using it for fun and, Mm -hmm. you know, using it because they love it and they enjoy it. And I think it's great. It can be very time consuming and the algorithm does work very differently. So it's not like the other social media platforms. And it's probably a conversation for another day. But if you want to check out that Wall Street Journal article, it was really good. They actually had a couple of articles on there also talking about how incredibly time consuming and expensive it is to have a well thought out TikTok strategy and that you, you need to really realize that. Yeah, if you could send me those articles, I'll put them in the show notes. Kevin Henry and I, my co-host for Chew on This, we always check out these TikTok videos about dentistry because 
some of the weirdest stuff comes off of TikTok, <laughs> like these homemade dental stuff. So that's really all, all we've seen. Noah will show me videos that these people put together and it's like a little mini movie yeah. that they do. So if people are saying that that age group isn't, you know, they're lazy or whatever. If you look at these videos, these people put a lot of thought into these videos and they're seen for like a flash and then they go away. So it's like, oh, wow, this guy has some serious talent. And then poof, he's gone. You never see him again. Kevin is definitely, I think he looks at it more than I do. I think I have an account and that's it. I don't think I've ever been on it for an extended period of time. Yeah, it's interesting. And the other thing that I think is interesting, which is totally unrelated and a conversation for another day is I think the whole conversation just sort of disappeared and it got swept under the rug, I think, about the fact that it is still a Chinese-owned app. At the end of the day, the country has banned Google and Facebook and Instagram and a lot of the tools that we use every day. And I think a lot of people don't realize that, you know, we don't read the terms of service. We don't understand the implications with privacy and data to their fullest. You know, it's the same with every social media platform, but I think that's another interesting conversation. For yeah, some no, and, and honestly, that's probably 99% of the reason why I'm not on TikTok actively. I, there was the big rumor when it, it was going to get banned and all that, that there was a lot of privacy issues. And now since then, there's been articles from all sorts of publications that yes, there are privacy issues because they can read and see everything. But you're right. It's a totally different topic. Can we circle back real quick? And I don't need a complete answer because I'm putting you on the spot. I don't have an Apple. I don't have an iPhone. I have no idea what changes you were talking about when you mentioned it earlier. Mm-hmm. What, what are you talking about with, what did you say? iCloud? Yeah, the iOS or? 14. I mean, it's yeah. really a game changer when it comes to, to retargeting ads and privacy. And that's a whole nother conversation about the battle between Google and Amazon and Apple and Facebook. There's another great article, and I'll, I'll share the link with you with this really well written about what is happening with this Apple update. And essentially, okay. Apple saying, you know, is doing it for our privacy that you can check off whether or not you want to be able to be tracked through your online activities. And that's what allows these different companies to be able to retarget us. So if you go to mm. Nordstrom or Old Navy or Walmart or wherever it is, then you're going to see the ads for those you know, related products or for that product later on, you're not going to be able to, to get those ads anymore served to you unless you allow Apple to be able to do that. And so that's going to be a huge game changer for a lot of companies that are spending a lot of money and even bigger dental companies that are spending money for retargeting. Sure. And so there's a lot of conversation in the marketing world about how this is going to transform marketing more into like loyalty programs. It's going to be big about collecting emails and just really referral programs. So we're kind of going old school for some of these bigger marketing trends. The SEO people and digital marketers are going to find a new way to grow visibility. Mm. Um and and advertise to people again, but it's going to be a humongous change for a lot of people. And I think the trickle down effect at the end of the day is for us to be able, for dental practices to be able to get as much visibility as easily as they can in a way that's going to showcase them in their best light. And that's really what, what we love to do with Connect 90. It's personalized, it's easy, it allows them to maintain a presence in multiple areas and focus on that relationship aspect but make it easy and affordable. Um, so 
Yeah. And let you keep up with the changes like that. I wouldn't be aware of it because I don't have it. I'll have to check with Noah. He has an iPhone to see what he's, what he's doing. What, if he even is aware of it, you're going to be staying on top of that. So whenever you get, you know, a lot of thoughts about that, let me know, come back on. And maybe we talk about that change. I mean, just hearing about it, what you just said, sounds like it's going to change marketing across the board. That's yeah. wild. You mentioned something about burnout. And when I think burnout, I'm thinking like, close up the computer and just walk away and not want to look at anything. <laughs> That's my idea of burnout. And I know a lot of people in 2020 and this year too are still like, we're keeping it away like at arm's length, but it really does creep in there. But for you, burnout means something different as far as your clients. How often do you see burnout with your clients? And, mm -hmm. and what burnout are you talking about? Let's get to that first. I'm talking about social media marketing and social media burnout for dental practices. I mean, you probably see this with lots of other aspects of the dental practice too, with everything that they've been through for the past year. And then, you know, whether it's staff turnover, you know, they're dealing with new team members or trying to hire new team members or yeah. retain team members. So it's like, you know, you have social media management and it almost takes a village sometimes to manage social media. Like some of our practices are still coming to us. They're like, I don't know what an Instagram reel is, or <laughs> I'm not even sure how to use hashtags yet. Or should we still be active on Facebook? What do we need to post to actually get engagement or to see that people are seeing us? So there's just a lot there for a number of different reasons, whether it's time constraints, new team members, or just keeping up. What we do is tell our teams, you know, you need to have a program in place that's going to save you time and that's going to be easy for team members to collaborate on or easy for one team member to step out of that responsibility and put another team member in place to be able to do that. Because we really don't want to, as a business, ghost on our patients and just kind mm -hmm. of disappear. Right now, I think, especially with more and more people getting vaccinated, I mean, we see this happening. My, my hair salon, this lady that I love, I've been trying, I called a month ahead, Teresa, and I could not get in to get a hair appointment with her. They were like laughing. Wow. They're like, oh my God, everyone's vaccinated. Now she's booked out for a month and a half. And, wow. you know, one of my hygiene friends here recently told me, you know, they're incredibly booked. So I think we're going to see more and more people that are active. They want to get out. They want to get those procedures done. And you know, we want to keep our name and face in front of patients while they're active and making those moves so that they don't move to another dental practice. To keep yourself from burning out, you need to have some support. It can be affordable. It can be easy. It can save you time and make it um, so much more effective for you, mm -hmm. getting much better visibility, um, showcasing those procedures you want to be doing more of. So if you're listening and you're like, I do feel like we need to do something different that's taking too much time, or I'm just burned out, um, get some help mm -hmm. and try to do something different to lighten your load. So in the office, there are systems, right? And there's lots of standard operating procedures for each system. So what I'm hearing is social media management has evolved in the dental office where we need to have a set, set of SOPs for that position. Even if you outsource to you or if you're outsourcing like insurance to someone else, there still needs to be some internal SOPs in place. Are you referring to more getting the systems in place or getting people cross-trained? I mean, what do you mean by setting that up in the office or out of the office? What do you mean by mm -hmm. that? Yeah. So I think, you know, definitely SOPs. So some of those key components of 
a really good social media marketing system, which I would say is not just marketing for new patients, because sometimes practices are like, we're too busy. We, you know, we don't need new patients. It's like, okay, this is also a communication tool that patients are using to send you a message through Messenger, whether it's a direct message through Instagram or through Facebook or whatever. That's where they're spending their time. They're going to want to be able to message you through these digital communication form. So it's for marketing and communication and maintaining your patient relationships and your referrals. So you don't want to cut that off or let it go. So you want to have a system in place. And that includes having consistent curated content ideas that you can personalize yourself, you know, so having a good flow of content in place, that's not overwhelming. It's curated for you. And also that you have a scheduling calendar and scheduling tools in place that allow you to sit down for 15 or 20 minutes, look at the month ahead and say, this is what our strategy is going to be. We want to grow dental implants or clear liners or whatever. And we're going to mention that these few places throughout the month. So having that calendar and a scheduling tools in place, and then, you know, making sure that you have some support there whether it's someone that's showing you how to boost a post if you've never done that or showing you how to use um, hashtags or, you know, just kind of having that village or that community that you can rely on for support. These are sort of community type of programs. So they're more affordable Mm -hmm. than paying someone for custom services. And they allow you to just highly personalize everything so that everything that goes out really is specific and unique to your practice. One thing that you've said from the very beginning, when I first, when you first started talking about social media, like all the time, when we met, it was referral marketing and, you know, lots of internet marketing too, but you really then um, honed into social media, but you always said dogs, cats, and babies, something like that is what you've always said. And it's still so true. Like even today I see pictures, you know, offices that I'm connected with, I always stop and take a look when they post a dog picture, somebody just had a baby picture, you know, maybe doc is posting like a nice cosmetic smile. I'll kind of scroll on by because I've seen that a million times, but I will stop for the dog picture. So is that something you guys are still (laughs) like pushing out? Like, where's your pet? Show us your pet. For sure. I mean, dogs, cats, and babies, you can never lose with them, you know, but we're also having to reinforce more often than not the fact that you need to be posting about what you want to do more of too. There are dentists that are ridiculously, wildly successful on social media because they're only posting, you know, primarily about those procedures that they want to do more of, whether it's Mm -hmm. clear liners, whether it's dental implants, whether it's veneers and smile makeovers or whatever it might be. And it's hard to think about doing that when you're burned out or when you don't have a system in place or when you have, you have a new team member that's coming on board. And that's why everything that I've been describing about these SOPs and these components are part of our Connect 90 program. Mm-hmm. and are unique to that because it's easy to step in and out. If you have a team member that's leaving, you know, and that had their own way of doing things, you know, you get somebody new that comes in and they're trying to figure out what, you know, that massive skill set was that that person had or the tools that they were using. This is, this is easy. It, it doesn't have to be difficult or time consuming. So I would guess that you get a lot of people that call you because somebody did burn out and then just left like this big mess. So do you do a lot of reactivation of social media that just kind of died? <laughs> like how much reactivation do you do? Yeah, we do. It's either burnout, it's reactivation. It's just time sometimes to re I mean, they're just like, 
you know, we don't have enough time to keep up with this. So we just need to find a way to make us look good and make it easy and just save us time. So yeah, Yeah. (laughs) listeners, if you are catching this, but haven't caught some of the older episodes, I did a two part series on managerial guilt. And what Rita's talking about actually fits right in there where a lot of managers have Mm. this guilt that they should be doing this, this, and this, and then they get overwhelmed and they start to feel like I'm never going to get this right. I urge you to go back and listen to those episodes because if what Rita said just hit, you're, hopefully those two episodes will help you. Specifically the second one, because I go into tips and tricks and like schedules and routines. And so if you're more tactical, that's the episode for you. So again, hearing you say that Rita just hits me that managers do, team leaders do have so much to do. And it's really just a juggling act. And sometimes you just get tired of the juggling. It's very exhausting sometimes what everybody's what everybody has to do on a regular basis. So I'm assuming that most of that is admin doing the social media. Do you have any clinical team members that are in charge of social media for your offices? Mm -hmm. We do. It's a wide variety, actually. And thank you for asking that because we do have we do have a few dentists. (laughs) <laughs> that want to do it themselves, How you know, fun. And they enjoy it and they kind of want to, you know, be in there dabbling and doing things. So it's like, okay, that's fine. You know, we have some hygienists that do it for the practice. We have um, spouses, dental spouses that do, and I'm talking about in our Connect 90 program. And then right. we also have office managers, you know, or um, occasionally we'll have someone else from the clinical team, a treatment coordinator, mm-hmm. things like that. But it's really whoever on the team has the time, interest, and skill set okay. at the end of the day. And you know, we want to make it easy for doctors to be able to delegate to a team member. So we've also had several dentists that have started with us and they kind of want to understand it and use it and check it out. And then they'll say, okay, I'm going to delegate this to so-and-so, which is also really smart because they know exactly how much time, I mean, it's called connect 90 because on average about 90 minutes is all it takes to customize the content, schedule it, upload your photos and place a few boosts. And in 90 minutes a month, you can have an awesome social media strategy. So we make it easy for the doctor to understand how everything works and how much time it's going to take. So if they have someone that's on Facebook for like, you know, three hours or on Instagram for four hours, you know, it's like, well, it's not a part of the program necessarily. So you don't need to spend that much time. Yeah. Yeah, because it gets very time consuming figuring out when to post and then you go down a rabbit hole looking at other people's posts to see what they're doing. (laughs) I mean, it's exhausting. So, all right. Is there anything else you want to add? Because we're going to wrap this up because I always imagine we're going to talk for just a little bit and then it ends up being an hour (laughs) or so, you know. So what else do you want to tell us about RitaZamora.com, your webinar, speaking, whatever? What's going on with you? How can they find you? You know, if they want to know more about me and my start, I do have my blog is still on RitaZamora.com, but our connect90.com is where they can find out information about our social media program. You know, you can Google my name, Rita Zamora, and you'll find all my social media platforms. And I would love to hear from you, any feedback or questions that you have. All right. So you heard it straight from her. It sounds like there's a ton of links that we need to put in the show notes so that people can do some following up. I urge you all to take a look at what she offers, what she does. Check out her book. I love it. I know you worry all the time that it's going to be an outdated book. I know you worry about that, but your stuff is so timeless. I think the information that you give is timeless. Take a look at your social media because it might need a little bit of sprucing up. I can tell you mine does. I've been pretty quiet lately just because of life. 
I need a reactivation too. You're not the only one if you're feeling, oh my gosh, I don't, I haven't done anything lately. You're not the only one. Rita, thank you always for coming on. You're always welcome here. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody out there. Take care. And dear listeners, as always, I so appreciate that you spend your time with me. We're all super busy, so thank you for making time for me today. The show notes will have any links that we referenced in this episode. You can also find links for my book and for my live events and webinar schedule. I speak often around the country on management and insurance issues. Come hang out with me in one of my classes. I promise you'll laugh and learn.